What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode number 26 of Don't Quit Your Day Job. It is hot as hell in here right now, so I just want to throw that out there that I feel like I'm already sweating and we're 15 seconds in and I can't run my AC because it will come through this microphone and that's a pain in the ass. So bear with me. I feel like I'm dying of uh, heat exhaustion. Uh, But another note is that I wanted to say that going into these next episodes, I'm excited because we're getting closer to 50. I have a huge plan for 50. That's why I wanted to get to you, even though we're only halfway there. I have a massive plan for 50. Also, a lot of the times when I passed episodes, I made the excuse that I was, I was always tired because I worked out before. So I'd always be like, yeah, I worked out. And then I, now I'm going to go, come, like, well, now I'm going to come back and podcast. So I'm so tired. And right now I'm recording at 925. And yes, I did get off work at 6 p.m. So like a little bit later than usual. But I didn't work out. I haven't worked out in four weeks. Obviously, as many of you know, I had hernia surgery. So I haven't worked out for four weeks. And I'm still doing this at 9.25 p.m. So now I don't think there's any excuse. I think I'm just being lazy lately. But here we are. I'm here. I'm showing up. We're recording. And welcome in. So after last week's episode, I listened. It was the first episode that I've listened back to, actually. I listened back to the whole episode I had a lot of downtime, I feel like, this weekend, and I wanted to really see, I'm trying to master my craft. I'm trying to listen back to things and really see like where I can improve and, and put some more time in the podcast. I always tell everybody, like, what's your stuff going to be this week? What's your topics? I'm like, dude, I don't think about this stuff until the last minute, usually, I feel like, and I kind of throw it all together because obviously with me doing my work schedule, there's no part of me that wants to get off of work and then figure out what I'm going to do for a podcast. So Overall, it's a little bit tougher for me to do the podcast and put time into it. If I really wanted to do it, I could, right? There's no, there's no, it's not me saying that I'm stopping or that I'm, I can't do it. It's me stopping myself, I should say, but it is a little bit tiring. So that's my excuse for right now. But after last week's episode, I feel like it was pretty, I was pretty passionate and had a lot of things to go over. It was a lot of things that um, I've listened to from Ed Milet. I've been still listening to Ed Milet this week. And he had another guest on this week that was talking about like compartmentalizing your brain and how it's like cleaning your room. And so the more that you don't compartmentalize your brain and separate everything, the more that it's like your room being messy. It's almost like your your mind gets so cluttered that that's why we get overwhelmed. That's why we get stressed. That's why we get our mad and reactiveness is because we have so much clutter in there that's not being like what she called house cleaned that it causes those reactions and that for her herself that she every day does house cleaning when she wakes up and she does house cleaning when she goes to bed for her own mind and she can like handle situations way better. Now, this is a woman that's been doing 40 years of brain research and how the mind works. So I don't think I'll ever be at that level, obviously, because I'd be starting 40 years from now. And the terms that this lady talks to, I wish I'm going to get her name next time. But the terms that this lady uses are like incredible. She is a legit genius. So that was pretty impressive. Um, I feel like listening to her was was crazy. My vocabulary felt like a second grader after listening to her. But after listening to Ed Milet and after listening back to my podcast, I wanna I wanna start trying to do more weekly check-ins with almost like I'm I'm weekly checking in myself. You know uh, how we were talking about like we're doing a little self self check-in with the self. 
in previous episodes. I feel like my weekly check-ins, like this is like a journal almost. Which, by the way, as of Monday, that would have been, what, 4.25? Sorry if the date's wrong. I'm kind of just like quick eyeballing it. I'm supposed to be good at math, but here we are kind of just guessing that four days ago, I'm hoping, is the 25th. I've now started to journal every night. I, I told my mom this too um, today, and I, I decided, I hope, I hope some of you can maybe find this in your own life, because I used to make excuses for not journaling, and my spiritual counselor, Nicole, who another person I'm getting back together with, and I'm really excited that for the month of May, I'm going to be starting back up with my life coach, get my life back on track and in the right places. But for the journaling aspect, I always did it when I just felt like it was needed. But what I didn't realize that by the time I was doing it, when it was felt, when I felt it was needed, it was almost too late. You know, it's like drinking water when you're thirsty. They always tell yourself to like stay hydrated and drink water. But when you drink water when you're thirsty, like your body's already telling you're way more thirsty than you think. You're actually dehydrated, not just like, oh, I need water. Like you're dehydrated. That was me with journaling. I would journal at like the very end when my mind got like to the peak of being overwhelmed, I would then start writing out my thoughts. So my goal now, and my mom's going to love this obviously because she came and visited me for the two weeks that I had my hernia surgery. I need to be taken care of. And the first thing she does, she walks in, of course, property manager woman walks in, analyzes my whole place, what I could trip on, fall on, what's not clean, what's dirty, all that stuff, which is normal, I guess, for, for any mom. And then she goes right to like, I have so many electronics that are set up in this place. Like if you walk in, people call it nerd station one, nerd station two. It's like, you can't miss the nerd stations. They are, they are right in front of you. There's electronics plugged in everywhere. And so my mom obviously told my spiritual counselor, Nicole, and then she was telling my mom like, oh, that's too many electronics. So now I'm trying to not be in such an electronic field, right? Get outside, vitamin D, all the, the yada yadas that are, that are important. And so my point of all of this is that I would go to, I would, I would go to electronic, right? I would stream and play video games or I'd watch TV and like chill on my phone. And then I would go to bed. And when I go to my bed, I would take a melatonin and then put on like a stream or TV or something that's just like background noise for me to fall asleep. And then before I fell asleep, I would turn the TV off to get full sleep. I don't want to be, I used to sleep with the TV on. I realized how bad it is for sleep and my exes used to hate me for that because I always have lights on or noise on. So now I'm like pitch black person. I sleep in the dark, no noise. But I noticed that like I was kind of just checking out. I was always distracted from what was going on. So on Sunday, I made the change now that when I go to bed, I don't turn the TV on anymore. I try to go to bed around 10, 30, 11 every single night. And I decided to journal in that 15 to 30 minute window. So instead of turning the TV on, I walk in, I take the melatonin, I go and brush my teeth, do all that kind of stuff. And then I come sit down and I journal. I write out everything. I just, I let myself just free write. Now, if you read this stuff, you would think that I was like a drug addict because the sentences are literally going everywhere. You can, one sentence could be saying, like talk about my job. And the next sentence could be about like me pissed off at a family member. It's like, it, it goes all over the place. So it's just me completely free writing. But I learned that in a class in Santa Barbara. Uh, my teacher at that time loved free writing. And he said, as long as the pencil keeps moving, your brain is being productive. And I never forgot that. Keep the pencil moving and your brain is being productive. Even if you are writing the same exact sentence, he would sit there and watch all of our pencils. As soon as one of us move, didn't move, he would call us out and say something. 
And he's like, I don't care if you sit here for the five minutes I make all of you do this and write the same sentence. You can write, I hate this class 1,700 times in a line. I don't care. You're still doing exactly what I want you to do, and you're clearing your mind of something and using your brain to warm up to writing. So ever since that, now I don't stop writing. I just put the pen to the paper, and I just start writing. Do, do, do. Get it going. And so ever since I've been doing that, I've been waking up like, I don't know, I've been waking up more refreshed. My brain feels less clogged. For me, and I don't know if anybody else really has this, but for me, when I start getting like overwhelmed or my brain starts getting really like, I can tell I'm about to like lash out and react. It's because I have so many thoughts in my brain that I haven't like spoken out that it, it gets all crazy and wants to react. But the problem was, is that I always thought I had to speak them out. I always thought I had to verbalize them. And then trust me, if anybody, I mean, the people that do know me, really, really well that have talked to me when I'm in, <laughs> I'm in a place. I mean, my coworkers have probably, I mean, especially Crystal that listens to this has probably heard me triggered and pissed off about work so many times. I start talking so fast. I get fired up. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm unleashing every word and every thought in my brain possible to get it out. But I didn't realize that like in the form of writing, it's the same thing. You can write something. It's the same exact outcome as speaking it. So I'm trying to now master this because, sorry, mom, but I'm, I was never the English writer. I've never been good at English. The English was like one of my worst subjects. And then I hated um, science and history as well. Basically, every subject besides math. I realized I was good at math. So I just said, you know what? Why spend time on the other stuff? Don't ask me any history questions. Why spend stuff like time on the other stuff when I can just master math, right? Be good at that. And then everything else will happen. Well, luckily now, this is a sidetrack, of course, as I'm going on this rant, that the job I have right now is all usually to do with math and figuring stuff out. And I'm an analyst and, and all that noise. So I guess the math thing panned out. But to get back to my original point of now that I'm writing this stuff out, I feel like my brain is like compartmentalizing and, and it's like almost like I'm releasing the stress of it. I'm getting the thought out without having to tell somebody or say it out loud. And the thing about when I was heavily speaking, I was always telling somebody. And I don't think sometimes people realize how much stress that puts on to somebody else. Like you have to be a really good listener just to listen to somebody vent. Like you have to be very, very good without even wanting to put your two cents in. And it's funny because that's also like a, a very male trait, I feel like. You'll hear a lot of people talk about, like if you look it up, they always say like males always want to solve the problem, right? They just don't want to hear us like like talk. They just want to solve something and put their two cents in, like just let them like let the person speak. And so with males, especially male to male talking, it's like we just want to solve your problem and, and won't just listen to somebody vent or talk. So the pressure you put on somebody to just listen, not everybody really has. So taking that away and now writing that down in a journal has felt so much better. I usually do about like a page or two. So if anybody's wondering like, hey, when I journal, one, I feel like there's no like gauge. There's no like correct way to do it, I feel like. Uh, journaling is all about getting whatever's on your mind out and kind of just like doing little check-ins with yourself, which is what I think is important for everybody. I think check-ins are, are always good to have for yourself, even with others. That's one thing that I feel like I need to do a better job as well. Like I, I just called my friend Lance the other day. I, uh, I'm pretty sure he listens to this. And I went over, you know, focusing on your friend group, where you want to go in life, the things you want to do and checking in with him to see, 
if I fall in that path, like, am I supporting you enough and caring more about my friends and caring more about the people around me? I just think lately I've been really trying to shine the mirror back on myself in life and really trying to see like all the things that I want from others. Am I doing them? And usually when I go down the list, let me tell you, it's been no, 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 no. And I kind of do that and no. So it's been a, a huge spotlight on myself to look at myself and be like, you know what? Maybe that's why I'm not getting the social reaction that I want because I'm not even doing the things I'm asking people to do. I'm like waiting for them to go first. So wanting somebody to go first is something that I've always had in my life, something I'm trying to take out. If you wait for people to go first all the time, it's just going to get annoying after a while, you know, like apologizing, any of that kind of stuff. So for journaling, in essence, is what this main point was about, even though I've, I've gone on now a ramble. Journaling, I think, is good for everybody. It's great to do, I feel like, before you go to bed especially. My mom does it all the time. She's the one that kind of gave me this idea. She doesn't know that. I didn't tell her that. But when she listens to this, she'll know. She gave me the idea by me watching it, right? It's funny. Like When she was here for two weeks, I would go to bed, and every single time, she would check in with her boyfriend, and then she would tell me she journaled or I would see her writing. And just that alone, seeing it, now I've now I've visualized doing it. Like when when... I went to bed. I was like, how can I make my life better right now? And I was like, journaling would be good. And then I, I, I pictured her doing it before she went to bed. I'm like, oh, well, that's a great time to do it. Like right before you go to sleep, you just open up the thing, you write it down, you go to sleep. Like you don't have to do it in the morning or make time for in the afternoon. You just do it right before you go to bed because what the hell else do I do? I put on the TV. So it was like perfect. So I thank her for that. She gave me that little idea without, without knowing it. But I think journaling is something that everybody should do for just like inner peace. Definitely that is something that I am encouraging. And then, of course, from there, there's so many more steps, right? You can get a spiritual counselor. You can do whatever you want to do. But I just think journaling is a great first step. And so why I started off bringing up journaling in this whole thing is because obviously when you start journaling, you start really reading back and reflecting on like what you're actually saying. And I know I said before, as, as I'm going through my journal, these sentences are all over the place. But there's some key points that I started realizing when I was going through them that I wanted to speak on the podcast. And I wrote down four of them. So I want to start with the first one is that patience is a value. And as I was writing through everything and reflecting on my life, I was realizing, and I've known this forever. It's like one of those things where like people tell you, like your parents or whatever, they tell you all the time. They tell you the answer like, hey, you're not very patient. You're always wanting instant gratification, la-di-da. And you're like, yeah, I hear you, but like, relax, I got it. And then you keep doing it, you don't even realize. And I feel like for me, I've noticed that patience is like something that I don't have, obviously. And it's something that because I'm so used to, what's the word? Like in, in most cases, I'm in control of the outcome that I get. So I can control the outcome. Well, the problem that is in with life you can't control shit. You have no idea what's going on. That's why it's it's a everyday roller coaster and we have no idea what what's around the corner. So patience is the value because you have to be able to kind of ride the wave and, and kind of be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's so easy to put your head in the water and just see nothing and like, you know what, this sucks. And so why I thought about that is because of my job. As I probably should update everybody with a job too, we'll do a little side note here that on Friday, I officially got my promotion. I got moved to an analyst and got a pay raise. And so it's funny that I linked that to the patience as a value because 
when I was, if you take me back to March when all this happened, I was talking to the VP and I was speaking to him saying like, you know what, I think I deserve more money, la di da di da. And they just flat back, came back and told me, no, you know, we think you're at a good spot. We appreciate the work you do, but we don't think you are uh, not, not deserving, but we don't think you should be at that level. I'm like, okay, well, definitely pissed off. Leave all angry. But I sat with myself and I told myself, well, I'm doing the same job I was before and I'm getting paid more. So I'm just going to be like grateful here and just patient, let this play out. Instead of like being my normal reactive self, I decided to just be patient and sit with it. Well, here comes obviously last Friday, which is about a month and a half later, and I get an even bigger raise than what I even asked for from the first place. And I get a title change and a promotion within the company in a month and a half of already being promoted. So it's crazy how things play out that way, that when you end up wanting something so bad and you fight for it so hard, and then it comes back to you think bite you in the ass, when in reality... The good thing was just right around the corner, but I had no idea. Obviously, that's life. You know, we have no idea. If we knew what the future holds, all of our lives would be so much different. We'd all make the best decisions. And so I think patience within that, I was taught, the job-wise, to trust. Patience and trust that what is coming is going to come and it's better around the corner. Another aspect of patience that taught me was obviously the surgery. As many of you know, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I had hernia surgery. Saw the doctor today. Got cleared on that. So I'm like fully cleared pretty much. I can go back to like body weight workouts and start slowly using weights. But I'm going to kind of hold off on that for a little bit and just really feel like be comfortable with getting back into the gym. But again, like that month, this last month, I've had to be really patient with my body because obviously not being able to jump, run, twist, do anything crazy has been weird, right? Or like even socializing, I've been drinking. So I just feel like I've been a little bit. When I go out and socialize, like I get tired faster because I'm sober. Like usually when you go out and drink, you stay up later. And so I've just been getting tired. So like I get tired earlier. I've been sleeping better. So like there's pros and cons, obviously, to, to not drinking and, and not going out. But just being patient with my body has been so hard because I like to move around so much. And in some ways, right? I'm a podcaster, streamer, and I work eight hours a day. Some That's half of me. And the other part of me likes to go socialize and go out and do stuff. So some people call me a homebody. Some people call me a little bit of like I get out here and there. I feel like I'm like a 50-50 on that one. But overall, the biggest thing was was patience that I feel like was the virtue that was being taught to me. And so I'm trying to be patient through this whole process, even as we move along with business. And as I move along with life right now, getting back into the gym, it's just uh, being patient with yourself is really important. And so the second thing that I, I noticed when I was journaling that I felt like was really important to me is that hard work pays off months later. And it's funny, right? After the people that listened to the last episode, when we talked about last episode, we just talked about how when you make good decisions or you do good things, that those decisions usually pop up and the, what's, what's the word? Like the success part or the, the benefits of those decisions usually pop up six, to, six months to a year later. And so I was thinking about it. And I was like, damn, if I track back to a year ago, about a year ago is when I took over this other person's job. I got nominated to do this other person's job and basically do two jobs. And I accepted it. And then I was pissed because I didn't get what I wanted later on. And then in October, we had a manager change. And I got really close with my new manager, Melissa, who I love dearly. And that's like my mentor of all time, along with Crystal. And 
I, I definitely during that time got close to her and, and learned as much as I could and showed her that like I have the ability to grow into something that um, I am now, right? I'm only in the place I am now, right? And getting promoted twice and moving up the ladder. I'm only where I'm at now because Melissa fought so hard for me and she saw something in me that I don't even know if I saw myself at one point being at Procore because I feel like they devalutized or devalued me so much that I started like doubting myself. And, and for her, hope one day she hears this, uh, for her to give me that belief is something I'll never forget. She definitely pushed me over the top and, and now has me progressing in my career to a place I never thought I would get to this fast. So just want to say a side note, thank you so much to her and, and I'm forever grateful for that. But the hard work that I did from that time, from June on, it's no coincidence that within the year now that this stuff's all happening. You know, March, I get the promotion. And then in April, I get the pay raise promotion again. Like all this stuff is happening because of the time I put in before, you know, it's not like I did all that hard work in June and October and it was going to happen in December, but that's what I expected, right? I didn't have any patience. I just wanted it to pan out. I was like, please just pan out for me and just work out because I didn't trust that my hard work was going to go to anywhere. So I think why hard work pays off, obviously, is that one, you hope people notice it. And now I started trusting it, right? As soon as I trusted it and sat myself and said, you know what? Uh, the situation I'm in is still good. I'm grateful to have a job. I get paid well, and I'm just going to sit with it. And then this happens, right? And so the hard work and, and the, the fruits of my labor were now coming full circle. And I've just been happy to notice that. So when I was writing that down in my journal, I was very proud of myself. And, and I was writing down my accomplishments and when my hard work paid off in my workplace. But also, I noticed it in, in the past months of when I was working out pre-surgery, I changed my whole physique and whole body. Obviously now it's gone to, and I feel like a Pillsbury Doughboy a little bit. You know, I've lost about 10 to 15 pounds um, and it's been a little bit harder, but I know I can get back into that shape. So proving that to myself and that hard work does pay off is, is, is where I feel like full circle, I, I put the time in. I just feel like I've really gotten better at putting the time into things and I dedicate my time to a lot of things. Which is why when things don't pan out, I think I get so hard on myself when things don't go my way or they don't pan out the way that I envision them. If you know me well, when I envision something, if it doesn't go that way, my brain like breaks because I just feel like the way I envision things is just a great way. It's the right way, right? All of us, I guess, can be a little bit, what's the word, self-centered in that way, I guess? I don't know. I don't know if that's self-centered, but the way I've envisioned things, I like them to go that way, right? It's like you dream about something, that's the dream. And then when it doesn't happen, you're crushed. But then like you don't realize that the next thing that can happen is better than the dream you ever dreamed of. And so so the hard work for me, I put a lot of time and work into the things I do. And so for this not to pan out the way I wanted it to, and then now to look at where I'm at now is just crazy. So it, it kind of gives me the belief that if I keep putting the hard work into things, in my life, in all areas, I think I'm going to end up being okay with whatever I do. I think I'm going to be fully okay. So the third thing that I, that, that led into was what you want isn't always what you need. And I think this is important for a lot of us to hear and especially me to hear right now, because I feel like a lot of the times in my life, I just, I've, I've, I've need, I felt like I needed something, you know, there's not, I mean, I, I wanted something. Like, I want this, I want that, and I just always want to go get it, right? Whether it's material, I'll never, I'll never forget my dad telling me, like, dude, do not go get this Lexus ISF. Like, whatever you do, do not get the Lexus. 
And so as soon I was pissed off because I'm like, dude, I want to do what I want to do, man. I make my own money, right? I'm getting all like defensive. I end up not getting it because luckily me and my friend Tyler didn't end up living, end up living together. And I'll, I end up paying double the rent I was going to pay. So it's times two the money that I was expecting to pay. And then obviously I wasn't expecting to pay. And that would have not been helpful with another car payment on top of that. So when I got here, I was grateful I didn't have the car. But I wanted it so bad. I mean, I still want that car so badly. And it's something that everybody was telling me, like, dude, just don't do it. Like, it's San Diego. You're not going to drive a lot. And now looking back, I'm like, dude, I have this silver Volvo. And yes, coworkers, it's freaking, it's not champagne. It's a silver Volvo, dude. So stop that. Mom, I should have asked you when you were here. It's a silver Volvo. So confirm or deny it. I'm going to tell my coworkers it's a silver damn Volvo. But anyways, the things that I wanted... It wasn't, it wasn't what I needed. I have the Volvo now. It gets me around. I don't even drive the damn Volvo around. Like in PB, I ride birds and I walk places. I don't drive anywhere because one, if I do go out somewhere, I'm usually going to eat and there's no parking. Or if I go get a drink and hang out with friends, then I'm not going to want to drive around, right? Like you don't want to be drinking and driving. And well, you don't want to be drinking and driving anywhere. So let me preface that. But I definitely don't want to be in PB, this small little town where cops are everywhere. So for me, that was one situation that I feel like I, I felt like I wanted that really bad, but I didn't need it. For another example with the job, like I wanted this, like this money raised so bad and it was like what I wanted for the whole time. And I feel like if I would have stayed pissed off when I didn't get it in March, I wouldn't be in the situation. Once I accepted the outcome of what happened, I feel like that's why this happened. I accepted the outcome. I calmed down. I was mature about it. And I went along with my business and kept getting my work done. And because of that, I was able to communicate moving forward. And with leadership, when they would come to me, I wasn't all like reactive and stuff like that. I was very calm and like telling them like, hey, this is what I think you should do. And I ended up getting what I wanted to do. So for me, what I'm starting to notice and when I was journaling is that everything that I wanted in my life all the time, like everything that I like look back on where I wanted it so bad, every time it didn't work out, the thing that I needed was right around the corner. Now, when I say right around the corner, it could have been a couple days, could have been a month. Sometimes I look back and there's a time where like it, could, it would have been a year uh, when the thing that I needed came back around. So for me, it's, it's important to see that sometimes the way you envision things, when they don't go that way, sometimes it is a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? Uh, I, use, I use the funny example. I, I think it's funny because for me... I can laugh about it. And I don't know for other people, they might feel weird about this, but I laugh about it all the time. And I was telling my mom about it, that when I broke up my first ex, me and my first ex broke up, who's now lesbian. I kept saying like, oh, like if I wouldn't have done this or this, we would have lasted that much little, like that much longer. We would have lasted a little bit longer. But then it would have came to the point where she eventually would have been like, hey, I'm, I'm lesbian. And that breakup would have been, that would have felt so weird, right? Like that's such a weird thing to be told to get broken up with. Um, and so for me, I laugh about it now because I, I, I wanted it so bad at the time. Luckily, when I moved on, I realized I did, it's not what I wanted, but I, I got what I needed. Like I just moved on. And I got saved from a very, I think, a more hurtful situation. The breakup we went through was hurtful, but it wasn't as bad as it would have been if I stayed around and gotten broken up with like that. So sometimes the things that you want are not what you need. So as all of you listen to this, I want you just to think and be aware of that. And maybe like, I'm, I'm curious if any of you, like when you're living through your life, if my, my voice just pops in your head and you're like, oh, Jacob said that. Or like, huh. 
and, and maybe this is one of those last week's episode and this week's episode, I feel like are very like focused on like growth and personal growth and, and thinking outside the box. So at any time, if my brain, my brain, if my voice pops into your brain, then I feel like I'm doing my job right of like, hey, you know, this isn't, this isn't working out the right way. Maybe it's not what I need, you know, but I, I want to transition to a funny story that kind of linked to when I was journaling. Because when I was journaling, I started realizing like all the negative energy I was putting out on the page, which is pretty normal. And so I started thinking about my mom and I, I didn't tell her this story. Actually, I think I did already. I'm not positive. So she might, I mean, she'll probably laugh listening to this anyways. But my mom left sage for me. And so for any of you, if you don't know what sage is, I'm assuming you do, but you burn it inside places and it's supposed to like release negative energy and spirits and stuff. And so on my Snapchat, my first day of surgery my mom's like saging over me. Like the sage is like over my head, over my body. It's like all over the room. It smells like weed. The person below me thinks I probably smoke a bunch of weed. I got secondhand sage smoke. You know, I, I couldn't even breathe. And so she left it for me. She said, hey, I, I think you should sage here and there. So now I got a random thing. I'm looking at it right now. It's a random thing of sage. So as I'm doing all that negative energy and, and journaling, I was like, hey, I should probably sage. I'm going to try this out, right? So I'm, trying, I'm starting to try the spirituality stuff outside of having a counselor and just journaling. I'm like, let's try the sage thing. You know, she, she left a freaking, uh, what is it, a, 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 salt, a salt lamp, a salt rock lamp. I don't know what the hell it is, but you turn it on and, and the vibes are high. So we got that. I mean, there's so much stuff around this place now. We got crystals and rocks. I shouldn't call them rocks. She's probably gonna piss that I call them a rock, but crystals and stuff. So the vibes in here are like, we got spiritual vibes in this place right now. And so I light the sage and my mom sends me the text of what I say. And I'm like trying to light the sage and pay attention so I don't burn something while reading. Like, it sounds like a voodoo script. It's like, I forgot exactly what it was, but it was like, Hey, whatever, uh, enter, whatever negative or dark energy you belong to, please release it and give it back to the person that came from or something like that. So I'm like, for, <laughs> I'm like walking around with this, forgetting what to say. So I'm like trying to go back and forth. Don't burn the house, read the page. Don't burn the house, read the page. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, it's almost like, you know, like when you have to rub your belly, pat your head, I'm like saying the saying backwards while, cause I'm getting so focused on not burning the house. I'm like, uh, take the place and, and return it back to the person. Nope, nope. Yeah, take it. And I'm like getting all confused while I'm reading it. And so I burned the sage around the whole place. I had to do it twice because the first time I went around, I feel like I didn't say the saying enough times. So I go around a second time and I make sure I said the saying more times. I'm like getting up in the corners, you know, making sure that it's getting all the voodoo out of this bitch. And then as I get into my room, I stand on my bed and a little ember falls off. And holy shit. If somebody walked into my place, you would think I was doing like a rain dance. Like all of a sudden, I did. I had that hot feet. Like my feet are going like crazy. I'm just like jumping up and down because I thought I was gonna burn my bed. Like I thought I was gonna light this place on fire. So I'm freaking out. My bed's gonna burn on fire because an ember just fell. So I'm smacking that, blowing that out. As I'm blowing it out, I'm realizing like, oh shit. When I'm blowing this out, it's actually making it so it's gonna burn more. So I gotta smack it. So I'm like smacking my bed. It was chaos. And then it gets to the point of, I'm like, I'm done with this now, right? I've, I've scarred myself with almost burning my house down, I feel like. And I, I don't have, I don't even know if I have renter's insurance. So that popped in my head. So I finally get done. And then I realize I never asked my mom, like, how do you, like, how do you get the sage to stop burning, right? I, I'm pretty sure you can't put it underwater because then it'll never burn again. So then I'm sitting there like, oh shit. So this thing is burning in my hand. 
and it's like kind of short, so I can feel like I can like feel the heat. And I'm trying to, on my other hand, search on Google like, what the fuck? How do you stop burning sage? So I'm scrolling on my right hand with Google, searching how to not burn sage, while on my left hand, sage is burning. And I got to the point of like, you had to smash it out. So I'm smashing that. There's embers everywhere flying around. So if at any point, I'm going to probably like on my Instagram preface before I sage next, like coworkers, if I miss work or mom, you don't talk to me for a while, just assume that the apartment has burned down, that there's, there's no more apartment because the sage putting that shit out was crazy. I don't know how you do it. Maybe I need like to look up a YouTube video or something like that. But next time I sage and I tell voodoo, you know, voodoo, get out the place and go back to the person that came from type shit. I'll make sure I know how to put that stuff out. So I just wanted to, to, to tell you all that story because I was sitting there today laughing about it. Of course, as I do all the time, I sit there by myself and laugh, but I truly was sitting there laughing at almost burning my house down. So I hope you enjoyed that story. If you if you have saged, then maybe reach out to me. Let me know how to turn uh, how to turn it off, how to like put it out. And if you have a funny sage story, then I hope that one is is just like yours. But let's kind of roll it into the end of the episode, I should say. And this is I I put on the Instagram. I put out favorite quotes, and and I put this out there because as I've been listening to Ed Milet and, and all these different big speakers, they always have quotes they use that have motivated them and things of that nature. And, and the man, the man in the arena is one that I had, that I had a picture of that was kind of, it's a longer quote, you know, but it's something that I, I've been reading lately and, and really makes me think about who I am. You know, it makes me really look deep within myself. And, and so when I looked at this quote, I remember I was like, oh, I kind of want to like end up buying this and putting it in my kitchen. So then I was like, wait, what if other people have cool quotes too? So I want to get a couple in that people put in. And so one that my friend put in was rest at the end, not at the beginning. I love that quote, by the way. I think it's a fantastic quote. I feel like I, and that was by Kobe Bryant too, I should say, was one of my favorite athletes of all time. Kobe, rest in peace. uh, One of my favorite, favorite athletes. And I think that's an important saying and one that I feel like I live by, right? Because right now with work, I feel like my coworkers, if you ask my coworkers about me, the one thing they'd always say is they would tell, they would say, Jacob needs to like throttle down. Like Jacob needs to relax and not work 110% all the time. Like work 90% sometimes, dude. Like you're just going all the time. And that's just me. Like I always am the hard worker. I always put 110% and I can't throttle down. It feels weird, right? And so rest at the end is like kind of like my mindset, right? Like I have all this time right now to grow as much as I can in this company and prove everything I can do and keep it moving along. And as I do that, I can like rest at the end. Like when I get higher up to the very high levels of the business, you know, like when everybody else below me does the grunt work and I'm kind of just making like high level decisions and shit, like that's when I can kind of like rest more and and really do that my life. Right now when I'm doing all this grunt work, I got to like provide and and produce and do all this stuff. So that way later on in life, I don't have to, you know, that's been my mindset forever. So I love that quote, the rest at the end, not at the beginning, because right now we're going fast and crazy and I'm going to be resting at the end. Maybe one day, might never slow down. Who knows? Um, The second quote was life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. My mom submitted this one. I'm not going to lie Two, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what that means. And as I, that's why I try to preface everything earlier, not really the poet, not really the English person, 
But if I decipher that, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I'm, I'm assuming it's like when you're busy and your, your head's all in a different place, that's when life actually happens. Yeah, I don't really know. I think I'm off on that one. So the third one is hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. And as you can tell, I didn't like research these quotes, right? I just put them in and now I'm just reading them and I'm going off the top of the head, right? I could have done research on these, to be honest, but I think it's better when I don't research them because I either vibe with the quote or I sit here and you guys realize this guy's not that smart with quotes because hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. I thought I said peaches at first, but perches. Um, yeah, I love hope. <laughs> that's, that's what I got. I mean, I love hope. Yes. Go hope. Um, guys. Oh yeah. This is freaking coworker. Um, of course. Um, guys are your friends for two reasons. They either want to fuck you or they already have. And see now I, um, I disagree with that. Cause I think guys are great friends. Personally, I'm a great guy friend. I've done a great job at being a guy that's just friends, right? Keep the hands clean. Always show up for somebody, never do any of that other stuff. It's just guy being a friend. I have a fantastic, um, fantastic track record with all of that. So my track record is great as being a guy friend. So I think you are wrong. Guys are just great friends. Thank you. But with that, that is going to be it. I mean, that episode, I mean, honestly, for me, flew by. I thought I was at 16 minutes, and I'm at 37 minutes. So that just shows you that if you catch me in a room at any time, I can talk your ear off. So be careful when you get around me. Might talk your ear off because, damn, that flew by. But anyways, it's Thursday night. Tomorrow's Friday, of course, you know. Same gig as always. Listen to this on a Friday. Hopefully listen to it on a weekend while you're enjoying yourself. Tomorrow we're doing month-end clothes for work, so I'll be working a little bit later. But this weekend I'm excited to just relax. I have no plans. I just get to chill this weekend. And I'm very excited. I feel like this is the weekend for me to really – I'm going to try the journaling thing. I want to do a spiritual, cl- or like spiritual class. I did one last Sunday with my mom. Pretty crazy. I couldn't feel my legs. She texted me. She's like, can you feel your legs? See, I always do this. I always say I'm going to end the episode, and then something pops in my head. ADHD. But she texted me. She's like, hey, can you feel your legs? Um, or like, did you have a sensation in your legs? I'm like, yeah, I couldn't feel them. And so after my hernia surgery, I'm tripping like, dude, my legs are going numb. I'm going to lose my legs. So that just shows you how a crazy brain can kind of just scatter out of nowhere. So again, I appreciate everybody listening to this. I love you all for listening. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And of course, until next time, I will see you on Friday. Peace. Peace.